0: Live from the Pacific Northwest, it's Portland Story Theater's Valentine's Day show, Kiss and Tell, real, true stories. May the narrative be with you. Well, I don't know about you, but I felt a little bit like kicking off my heels, talking a little bit about love. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah! So, discovering a new international city it's a little bit like going on a first date. There's all of that nervous anticipation of coming out and seeing it for the very first time and it's jumping around on your stomach like microwave popcorn. And your mind is filled with all of the potential from the guidebooks and all of that promise from the postcards. But going to Rome, this wasn't our first date. It was more like meeting an old lover. One that you keep falling into bed with. And so there I am, I'm 34, and I'm all alone in a huge crowd of tourists there at Treve Fountain in Rome. Now, Treve Fountain isn't like your ordinary like mall fountain with some <laughs> some you know lazy koi swimming along. It is right in the center of the beating heart of the city. And when you wind your way in from all of these twisty little avenues into the plaza, you can hear the sound of crashing water before you ever enter. And then there it is. It's coming out of this large, white building with columns. And it's kind of like a children's pop-out book. And there, standing in the middle, is the god Neptune. And he's riding out on his chariot that's a shell. And it's being pulled by mermen, and they're wrangling these demonic seahorses. And then on each side, it's flanked by goddesses, the goddess of wealth and health. And they both have perfectly perky boobs. <laughs> it's amazing. Maybe you have heard the legend of this fountain. It's a legend of three coins, three coins in a fountain, and it's for the three different ways, these ancient roads that all led to this fountain and is why it's called Treve or Three Ways. And so I am there at that fountain because I have a long outstanding date, 10 years in the making. And I also have a reunion that I'm waiting for with a young lawyer, my lover. Now, the young lawyer and I had met in D.C. a number of years prior, and we were like two combustible elements when we came together, thrown in a test tube, and we were about ready to boil over with passion at every given moment. Our romance was set permanently on high. We were complete opposites in every way. He was a devout Catholic. That had some wiggle room on that whole premarital sex thing. <laughs> and I was a non practicing Lutheran that didn't believe in all his sin. He was pro life, I was pro choice, he was a big fan of George Bush, the president at the time, and I was a big fan of sending him articles from Mother Jones saying how <laughs> ridiculous a notion that might have been. And so we came. Together and it was spectacular for six months. And then the army kind of broke in on our little romantic dads and whisked them away to the JAG Corps or military service for, for lawyers. And I would get these emails from him over time, over the years, and it would be from a different base, military base somewhere, and there was a strange call that I really think came from a bunker in Iraq. And I remember that one time I'm sitting there after all these years and it's New Year's and I'm in DC and I'm in the Crystal Ballroom and I'm there dancing with this huge crowd of people and it's just about midnight. And then they let go of the balloons and they're falling from the ceiling. And the confetti is coming down and it's like multicolored snowflakes. And it's captured in my, my fake eyelashes. And <laughs> yeah. I'm just leaning there in the moment and I feel this buzz going off. This zzzz. And I look down and I pull it out of my purse it's my Blackberry. Because it was very cool at the time to have a Blackberry. <laughs> and I look and there's this email from a young lawyer. And I open it up. And it starts my sweet, beloved crea. And it ends with an invitation to come to Italy as his delight and his guest. But before the young lawyer, before these two star-crossed lovers, even before the potential of this romantic reunion, I had first fallen in love with Rome 10 years before. I was 24, going on 25, and I was starting an internship with the International Archives for the Women's Movement in Europe, and before I started my internship, I had just enough time to discover some of these international cities I'd only dreamed about, and so I entered Rome right there on the eve of my 25th birthday. And when I enter Rome, it's a torrential downpour. I mean, it's pouring so hard. As I'm trying to wheel my little suitcase and going over to where I'm gonna stay, it's like I have to weed my way and swim across a river. Like, you know, ripples going through. And it felt like Venice sinking instead of Rome. And the of all of that rain is when I was there in Treve Fountain to see it for the first time, I had it almost entirely to myself. There might have been one other person there, but there was one old businessman with an umbrella, and he told me about the, the three assurances, the three wishes of the Fountain, the of the Fountain so for the three assurances, one for each of the ways, the three ways, the first assurance is you throw in your coin and you're assured to come back to Rome, where all roads lead. Now the second wish you throw in, that's a wish that this road to Rome will include romance and you will fall in love with your sweetheart. And then the third wish you throw in, that wish is for a benevolent wish for someone else. It's sort of like having good karma, so you cement the deal on those other two wishes. <laughs> so the, the, the businessman, who told me that you had to do it by turning your back to the fountain. And I never did find out why you need to turn back to the fountain, maybe it's something about faith. But then you throw it over your shoulder, because you have to cross your heart. And in went my three coins. One, two, three. It was time. So I went out to celebrate my birthday, my 21st 25th birthday that night. And as I stepped out of the place I was staying, the rain had finally stopped. And all this water was pooling in the potholes. And it was reflecting the city street lights. And it was like Renaissance paintings. The whole neighborhood was a museum built just for me. And so of course I'm going through, and I'm getting lost and not thinking about time. And of course, at this time I was poor, and so I'm staying at a place that has a curfew. And the curfew is one that they shut the doors exactly at midnight. And it felt like this weird, like Italian Cinderella story. Mm-hmm. But instead of instead of glass slippers, I had soggy tennis shoes. And there was not gonna be a fairy godmother to help me out of a tough situation. <laughs> if they closed those doors on me, I was out to roam. Rome at night. And so I'm staying and I take a right turn and I take a right turn and a right turn and out it spits me on Trevén Fountain, And I'm like, ooh, how about I gotta get back? They're closing the doors and it happens to me not once, but twice. And I'm standing there and I'm thinking, oh my gosh. Well, some people might think that, you know, four right turns and logically you're just going to find yourself back in the same place. But I'm looking out in this audience tonight And I can see it's just a bunch of hopeful romantics. (laughs) Exactly, I see it in your eyes. And we both know it was the magic of the fountain that had lured me and was holding me in its spell. It just didn't need to hold me and return me right that very second. So I break the spell somehow and I'm rushing and I get there just as the stroke of midnight and I'm back in my place. And I'm laying on my lumpy, bumpy bed with those little sheets they give you, that is like a little snotty tissue, just one little tissue to keep warm. <laughs> I since now can pay for better accommodation. But at the time, 25, and maybe because I was 25, and young, and naive, and prone to magical thinking, really. But I remember thinking, Rome, you are not gonna get rid of me. I am like a bad penny is I will return. And this time I will return with my sweetheart, because I've been promised by three coins and a fountain. And so when the young lawyer had asked me to come to Italy, you know I had to go. I had to go. And the thing is, is that it had been so many years You know, we had been writing back and forth by email and sending a picture here and there, but we hadn't seen each other. This was before Skype. This is before, you know, webcast. And there was this nervousness I had that would we still be that combustible element? Would he see me and still just find me so irresistible he would have to take me? You know, I didn't know, and so when I flew to Rome to meet him there, I was really nervous that maybe he wouldn't show up. And and so when I came out and there was a huge crowd of people and I didn't quite see him at first, you know, all of those concerns started to come up. But then I did see him kind of through the mix of people and he's just as frantically looking for me as well. So he must have had some some of those thoughts. And I don't know what really came over me. Maybe I wanted a romantic notion, or I thought it would be a sweet idea. But I, I started to hug the, the walls and duck behind people as like moving sense. through because I thought I would surprise him. If I could get up close and maybe behind him, I would surprise him and say something really romantic like. Has it been so long you have forgotten my face? Because <laughs> these are the thoughts that I think on on an average day. <laughs> so I'm going and it's working. I'm weaving around and I'm getting there and I sneak up behind him and I go, has it been so long that you have and he turns and we had never had that discussion. You know, we had never said very much to each other. We had always just let our body language do all the meaning for one another. <laughs> if you get my meaning. And so he turns around and he goes, I love you. And we had never said those three words to each other. Not in all the years we had known each other. And it had escaped out of his throat, like, I love you. Like, it was a breath that had been caught for all those years. And I don't know about you, but there's really nothing sweeter than the sound from someone you adore that says I love you for the very first time. And so he's there, and he picks me up in his arms, and he's kissing me, and we're spinning around, and my suitcase is going flying, and there goes my purse, and everything's out of it, and my jacket, and it doesn't matter, and I come back to Earth, And I open my eyes, and everyone in the airport is frozen. And they're all staring at us in this perfect cinematic moment. (laughs) And so for that week and a half, we're traveling around Italy together. And everywhere we're traveling, we're falling in and out of love with each other. In and out of love. Because all this time, we're still two. Opposites. But now we're trying so hard to find all the places that we can fit together and make it work. But I remember writing in my journal that I couldn't understand why we were making each other more hardened, not softer. It was feeling like we were starting to become like marble statues with one another. And, and we were builders. We were builders on this trip, but every brick was another brick in the wall that was becoming the distance. By the time we got to Vicenza, we had built the whole Roman forum of distance between us. But when you love someone, there is always a way back again. And so we decided that I wasn't gonna go off and travel to Turkey with my mother, And we were going to come back to Rome, always back to Rome again. And this time, I knew I had to take him to the Treve Fountain because I had to tell him about the coins and how it had come true. And I knew he was going to laugh at me because 10 years later, I still had this magical thinking. And so I, I go off and I'm I'm traveling, and then I come back to Rome, and the day that it's supposed to be our reunion, um, I'm waiting for him in the internet cafe, and having my macchiato, and open my internet, and there it is, my dear John email by Yahoo post. And it must have been maybe three sentences long, But it doesn't take more than three senses to say, I'm not Mm coming. And that's the thing about Paris is the city of romance, but Rome is the city of passion. And sometimes passion burns hard and fast, and then it burns out. So I decided to take myself to the Treve Fountain, And I'm there at the Treve fountain all alone in the middle of a huge crowd of tourists. And I have my three coins. And I am clutching those three coins in a fist. Because the truth is, I don't know if I really want to throw them. I don't know if I want to throw my coin in and really return yet again to Rome. I don't know that I want to throw it in and wish for romance if it's going to have the other side of potential heartache. And I definitely don't know if I want to throw in my coin for a benevolent wish for the young lawyer and forgive as I sit there chilted at the fountain. And so I'm holding my three coins and I'm wondering why it's so hard sometimes to let go of the wish of love as it is to let go of the person you love. And so I I turn my back to the fountain. And I cross my heart, and I throw in my coins, one after another, because I've got a date with Rome sometime in the very, very near future.